the Yak Babies. Sex, Presidents, and Sometimes Books. Welcome to Yak Babies, the only podcast on the internet sponsored by new Bit My Cheek gum from the people who brought you Toe Stubbers. My name's Aaron here, personal pals Dave. Morning, boys. We have Brick. Hello. Hello, indeed. And new Mainer, Nico. Hello. The gum, the gum makes you bite your cheek? Yes. Or it like it, it creates a sensation of having bitten your cheek. <laughs> so it's a pain, pain focused. It's just stuff. highly acidic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just really hurts to eat. <laughs> All right. And, and I imagine toe stubbers as just like a packet of kind of like a gummy snack, but I didn't quite know what it would be. If it was going to be just toes or... But that's kind of what the the sort of thought process was on that one. Folks, we have a topic today. If you're a listener to the podcast, you know that I sometimes torture myself by getting involved in these long Twitter threads where people say that they want to trash the books they had to read in high school English classes. And they say, oh, I thought Jane Eyre was so stupid. And oh, why do we have to read fucking Faulkner or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I always get very mad, predictably. And it's all the same old stuff, and it happens, you know, pretty. It's like a triannual cycle that I find myself on these things because it's like a, a reliable outrage machine on the internet, and I get sucked in, sucked into it every single time. Uh, well, there was an op-ed in the New York Times uh, recently. It was uh, March 9th by controversial <laughs> piece of shit Pamela Paul, oh. <laughs> who's their she's their book editor, I believe, <laughs> called "How to Get Kids to Hate English." And the the column is kind of working on the idea that uh, English is inclined as a major, you know, across higher ed. It has been for a long time. This is a part of injunction with the you know focus on STEM over humanities, but also looking at you know does the way literature is taught uh, in schools you know turn students off of wanting to love literature? Right. One of her main sort of questions is what are we doing to punish students who already love to read? to not want to read, you know, anymore as part of their, you know, critical studies or even their profession, right? So I read this and I I had thoughts about it. I wanted to share it with the personal pals. I thought it would be a good way to kind of discuss some of the things that regularly come up when I go through these self-flagellating experiences with with Twitter and people's opinions on classic (laughs) literature. Uh, We should foreground this all by saying that Pamela Paul sucks. Like, she is a piece of shit, Mm. like I said before. She's a transphobe. She's the one who published that terrible column in defense of jk rowling the same day or maybe the day before day after the open letter to the times was published where people were asked them to try and refrain from publishing transphobic content the paper of record so yeah she is a she sucks and so part of my my conflicting feelings was that i found myself agreeing with her in some cases here but not all obviously and i was like i don't want to ever agree with pamela paul um but i found myself like well i kind of see the point here a little bit but also not but i want to hear what the personal palace thought first so i don't know how'd you guys first of all did you read it and uh what do you think <laughs> when you read when you read the column what what if you like just kind of summarize it so that we have a kind of a framework for talking about it even yeah. though we are yeah it. basically <laughs> uh basically she's so she was an english major she sort of frames herself as she was someone who loved to read and she's dismayed that students don't like to read these days but she sort of finds the the problem in the way it's being taught and the education around 
writing uh, or, or literature rather. She says things like, yet many would-be humanities majors have turned towards not more pragmatic degrees, but more esoteric interdisciplinary majors filled with courses that encouraged uses of words like hegemony, intersectional, and paradigm. These educational tracks don't exactly lead to the gainful employment either. So she's like looking at the kind of question of like, you know, do you study what will lead to a job or what you know gives you passion? And she hopes that people who want to study literature will find the passion, but the way it's being taught and the sort of things you're required to read maybe don't lead to that. But her target is not, you know, stodgy classic lit. Her target is sort of like a contemporary version of reading where it's just like, ah, read whatever you want to. Like there's a quote here about trying to get a book, uh, someone to read any book at all. Um, yeah, here it is. Citing the need to appeal to fickle tastes with relevant and engaging content, teachers often lowball student competence. Too often, this means commercial, middle grade, and young adult novels such as The Lightning Thief and The Perks of Being a Wallflower or popular fiction like The Outsiders or on the more ambitious end, the accessible works of 20th century fiction like To Kill a Mockingbird. All engaging novels that kids might read on their own in lieu of naughtier works that benefit from instruction and classroom discussion. The palpable desperation to just get students to read a book doesn't come across as the kind of enticement that makes literature soar. She's also beating the drum here about kind of like cancel culture stuff a bit where she's, you know, saying that the kind of like the fretting about Roald Dahl, for instance, is, you know, prevent or interfering with students' ability to sort of read and sort of not treating them as critical thinkers on their own who can sort of suss the differences between the, the past and the present. And that she, that she says like when I was in public high school in the olden eighties, we read the red badge of courage and the scarlet letter with multiple forays into Shakespeare. We were assigned Faulkner, Joyce Conrad and Henry James authors whose works opened my mind and tested my abilities of comprehension and interpretation. Uh, so it's kind of a reactionary stance here, right? Which is like, we should teach yeah. the, you know, the, the classics of literature because they're classics. Right. And that she resists any sort of changes to that model and is, is, sees that as you know impinging on students ability to read and sort of think critically yeah and i find myself not entirely agreeing but not entirely disagreeing either right uh, so i wanted to see maybe where, where well, your positions lie here she has i think uh, the core of a couple of her points is valid right i think yeah. one thing and, and it's easy to point to common core and no child left behind and, and all that and, and i think that's that's part of it but there is we are in the midst of an active uh dismantling of of public school education it's been happening since since reagan yeah. and it's accelerating now and uh that's it's going to continue right and so th things are it, it's but she she removes that context from her and she just kind of says like oh you know like she 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 this, this is a smarmy article and and yeah uh she's it's got this like boomer tint of like things were better when i was a kid and if these kids would just try a hard book you know they'd be better off in their brains and all that and uh, it, you know she i think she's like cherry picking like you know some of those kind of core points and then steering them to her device you know where like yeah it's hard to get kids to read books but it's also you know and, and she does mention that there's books being banned and whatever else you know and there's a there's a degree of truth to the you know some of the discourse around things like Roald Dahl and, and Dr. Seuss make it hard to teach kids context and makes it hard to teach kids critical thought but right. also it's people like her that are largely causing that to happen and and so <laughs> it is you know it is articles like this that are causing that to happen and uh i think that's where it gets it gets challenging and it kind of it kind of pissed me off a little bit right and i, I think you know it it, yeah. it it would be nice if there was more 
direction around really digging into literature in, in public school because that 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 is on the decline right but you know it's not the common core is kind of annoying but that's not the problem the problem is is funding and resources right when you have 60 kids in a class you can't teach shakespeare not in the way that you want to it just can't happen right and and so you know yeah i'm sure it was nice in 1965 when you were when you were in there lady but it's it's different i have no idea how old she is but she writes she just in the 80s what? she's not that old how old is she <laughs> she's She's like in her fifties, I think. She or said she she's in her fifties. No. She oh went, my god. Yeah, she went to school in the eighties. So, I mean, that makes sense, right? She's like some somewhere between a late boomer and an early Gen X or whatever, right? And it's got that sort of like, like Gen X, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's got that. It just got that elitist, like 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 ring to it. It's like oh my god. What? She's only nine years older than me. What the fuck? Mm. Listen, you boomer. <laughs> right? But, you know, I think it's... That's the thing. There's there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I just say it's one of those, you know, it's a, it's a classic example of, like, identifying something probably worth talking about and then twisting it for a reactionary New York Times op-ed. <laughs> it's just like what they do. But yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's just written to placate angry people or... Or, or stir them up. Yeah, yeah, just like taking up a lot of space, taking up a lot of space that would be better used by like, you know, she's like the bluest eye, you know, that's, you know, a good book and whatever, but I prefer Beloved. And right. Yeah. Like, there's Fuck so you. much that she wants us to take away. She wants us to take away more about her reading taste yeah. and like her, you know, intellectualism than anything about what she's actually supposed to be fucking yeah. writing about. Right. She just can't yeah. get out of her own way. So there's kind of and then there's a lot of that boomer Republican coded bullshit too. And it's like there there's like a lot of subtext of anti woke, you know, like so that the the sentence just after the yeah, one that Aaron sure. read about we were signed Faulkner, Joyce Connor, and Henry James, she says if anyone had suggested I be offended by a near, nearly all-male curriculum, I would have been insulted. Couldn't girls read books by men just as well as boys could? Which is completely missing the point of, of like, D. Yeah. It's, inten- it's intentionally missing the yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, hopefully. Hopefully she's not so yeah. stupid that she thinks that is the point of having fewer uh, white men in the, in the canon. Because, I mean, it's just disingenuous. I don't know. No, you're totally right. Disingenuous. That's that's the whole nature of this this yeah. text and her writing is disingenuous. Yeah. Like she's trying to, she's baiting an argument that. And another little tidbit yeah. is uh, her bio says she's the author of eight books, including One Hundred Things We've Lost to the Internet, which is just that just sums up her. I feel like her entire worldview mm-hmm. is like we're under attack by this new society instead of like. Nobody liked reading those books back in back in the day. Like you think that you liked it now, looking back on it, but like most of the time, nobody liked that shit. And that that is what like forcing kids to read hard books that they don't like. That is how you force. That that's how you make people hate English. See, that's the that's the sticking point for me that I can't quite. That's kind of where I find myself agreeing slightly with her. Is that like I do think there's value in teaching the Scarlet Letter, right? I do think there's there's value in that over teaching like perks of being a wallflower maybe and that there are like enjoyment isn't the only marker of what makes a text worth teaching but yeah. at the same time the opposite is yeah, also I agree true that, like, that lack no... of enjoyment does not mean that it's a good book 
and which I think gets conflated too much. Is like, sure, well, sure. well, yeah, sure. You hated reading this book, but that's just because like it was too hard for you or something. I think that's fucking bullshit. I think that's the kind of like she's also cherry picking. No one's assigning Percy Jackson to eleventh grade English, right? And, yeah. And so like right. there is like you know there's there's a big movement to just like read any book, right? But that's that's a, that's a good thing, right? And then so the kids, you know, there's kids that just need four years of English. Right, those kids—they're not going to be English majors anyway, right? And like, that's okay. You do—you—you you need the skills, you need the the whatever, and that stuff is definitely lacking, right? It's also lacking right. in STEM, despite her kind of implication that the Common Core steered everyone towards math and science. That's definitely not true. And hmm. what it actually did was just even everything up to make it easier to spread the money around. But hmm. that's here nor there. But there, you know, th- those. That that progression should should be there. Is there a bit of a dumbing down of of curriculum in public schools in our country? Yeah, not even a bit, right? But it's not. She's she's taking a thing and then steering it to to kind of build this "woe is me, woe is me in my generation" kind of argument. But it's not. Yeah. Or or more like we were the ones who had it right, and these youngsters can't figure it out, right? It's it's that classic like you know shaking fist at cloud yeah. thing. Of like yeah. the new it pisses me off. It pisses me off so much. You're also the ones that change the fucking law, and you're the ones that to run the curriculum in those public schools. You know all those right. want to confuse a want to confuse a millennial, give them a rotary phone and a whatever, yeah. and then watch their heads and a stick shift through it. It's like get the fuck out of here, yeah. right? Like don't ruin right. the world and then complain that the world's ruined. And those are the same people right. that can't convert a word document to a PDF. And it's like okay, so right. if we put all of the world's pdfs and fucking word documents then the your generation grinds to a halt it's like yeah everybody can <laughs> not do shit it's fucking right. yeah. yeah uh i think it's also interesting the way it's, it's she so this seems to be kind of a, a response to that story about how uh humanities majors in college are like drastically yeah. declining which is yeah. obviously like the number one cause is because there is no clear career path for those majors and she just kind of glosses over it. She says, nobody wants to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a useless college degree, but let's return to the question of whether English majors are unemployable, which isn't the point. I would argue that English majors could be the the kind of employees who are prepared for a long, for a challenging and rapidly changing workforce. Intellectually curious, truth-seeking, undaunted by familiar ideas. Like, what fucking smoke is she blowing up her own ass? It's like, yeah, I mean, they could be. They could be that kind of people, but that has absolutely nothing to do with them being English majors. And that degree has – that is basically like, well, despite the fact that you wouldn't hire them for their degree, maybe they're hireable on their own merits. And it's like, uh-huh, but the problem is that the degree is not helping. The degree is, is not giving them an additional asset. It is – almost irrelevant even in her own defense of it which is yeah i think that was one of the examples of she like had the right idea and the wrong path right and and so you know i think an english degree is worthwhile right i think i have a writing degree that helps me a lot in my job even though it has nothing to do with writing i've also bemoaned getting it and wish i had the money back but i I did get those skills from from that that time in practice but she you know, again, it's like, yeah, all these things could translate, but also, how would you go about that? You would change the, 
you would change the curriculum right. <laughs> to steer it towards skills and away from, you know. So it's almost like she's like arguing for and against the same thing. She's just rambling. Yeah, like I, I mean, I also think that humanities have value. Obviously, I teach in them, and I think that she's right that those skills are important in the workplace. And we see that. I mean, that's the the most visible example that is Elon Musk, right? Someone who who doesn't have like a humanities background or or people of that ilk who just ruin things. It's sort of like kind of like, you know, insulated tech mindset without sort of thinking about the implications of what they do, right? And so like what, without learning empathy from like reading a novel, uh, that's what you get is you get like lunatics like that. But at the same time, I don't think it, I don't think that having people major in English and the humanities doesn't mean you have to read Chaucer, right? That it doesn't have to be the same structured chronological, you know, go through the classics, read middle English literature, and then finally maybe get a touch of like Vonnegut as your modernist stuff and then tap out. Uh, that probably does turn students off from reading, right? Is that like, you have to think of it in terms of this like archeological quest through the history of literature. Now, giving a ninth grader Don Quixote is a disaster. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I also don't want to... My, my niece, for instance, is 13. And we talk about her, the books she's assigned to read in her reading or English classes. And she's like, they're all dumb. I really hate them because they're too easy. And they're just like, they're just about relationships. And I think they're stupid. And she's like, she asked for Christmas for a catch on the rye. And I was like done i will get that for you and she's it's not a sign she just wants to read it on her own and i was she's like i want something like i've heard has a bit more to it than just these like same old ya novels that i think are boring she also likes books about people who get murdered um, <laughs> so that's also she was like if you have a book that has someone getting killed i'd be like, like fantastic i can do that so i hear in her some of the frustration that paul's trying to to touch on here too is that like maybe not all students want to read just like the easiest book or the kind of like the quote unquote relatable book, right? Like there is value in, in sort of finding something that's not handed to you on a silver platter and trying to, to fight through it. Uh, you know, Jane Eyre is a good example, right? Jane Eyre is a great book. It's not exactly, you know, it's not fucking Gravity's rainbow, but it requires a bit of effort to get through it, especially because it's written in a different, you know, ergo than our time. And I, I think that's a good, a valuable reading experience for sure. Mm-hmm. But I can see, you know, those Twitter threads prove that people are, frustrated with that they, they hate having to read Jane Eyre because they hate having to read about Rochester because he's abusive they hate having to read about Jane's struggles they want Jane to have an easier time of it and it's like, but that's the point of the book is to get through the struggle so yeah it's like it's I don't want to sacrifice the history of literature that's kind of the bind I feel like I find right but that's like, a false dichotomy it's like it's not like you can never right. read those right. books right. when when they're not right. being forced down your throat in high school it's like mm-hmm. you can you can also like have you know have teachers i i think the the best way to do it is have teachers teach the books that they want to teach so that they act they actually like them mm. and then that yep. would yeah. seem to me to to make more like it more engaging for the students which is always that's a good uh, point that's gonna be my next yeah. sorry go ahead uh, that was w- when i liked hard books in college like it was because it was a, it was a teacher that wanted to teach like nabokov or whatever right that's my next question. Was to be to the three of you to answer the question posed by the title of the column yourselves. Like, how do you make people want to read English? Like, how do you create English lit learners or, or let's, let's say lit learners? Period. Right? English majors in the future. That's a good idea. I think Nico is a good one. Like, let teachers choose their curricula. Do those of you have other suggestions or ideas about that? I mean, that's literally how I run curriculum in my school. 
the teachers choose, right? I mean, we have to base it on it's it's when you're when you're fucking with the frameworks and the standards, it's pretty easy to make anything work if you if you want it to, right? Which is why that's, those things are a double-edged sword. You know, if you have 120 kids in a class, it, it sort of dumbs it down. But uh, I don't, and so our teachers teach whatever they want to teach, right? Within within boundaries and within follow-through, and they they need to meet certain certain benchmarks of of, of skills and, and competency. Uh, but you know, the English teachers can they can pick any book they want, right? And oftentimes right. they let the kids let the kids generate, right? What's something you're interested in, you know? Right. And then and then go that yeah, way that's instead of trying good, to jam it down the Like input from both sides. Right. Yeah. I like that. I mean, you know, it makes sense, right? Board teachers is gonna lead to board students and engaged teachers will get more students engaged. Yeah. yeah, and I think you'd be surprised, you know, what what kids like. You know, uh, she she takes a shot at To Kill a Mockingbird. Kids like that book. Yeah, right. Kids, sure. kids. Every time we bring that book out, the kids like it. Right. They they want to they want to read it. Right. Kids like Of Mice and Men, which will surprise you, but they they do. Right. Because those books speak to them, uh, and they're and they're short. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're short. They have like identifiable character archetypes right if like lenny and of mice yeah. and men gives you like the lenny and george dynamic is it's in cartoons right oh. so like you can latch out of that pretty quickly and then sort of dig deeper into it as you read yeah well she clearly has no regard for children right <laughs> no this is a so that what was me hovers over yeah. the whole piece right yeah yeah one idea that i was thinking because there's a passage where she talks about how you know students are encouraged or that the kind of instruction is to read through with you know colored pencils outlining different sort of figure of language and different techniques, whatever, which I think is, I don't know, fine, but also probably if you're teaching less in terms of uh, the classic that we come back to over and over again about the great Gatsby is more than just green and jealousy and money. Right. It's like, just like those like prefab kits of like literary criticism interpretation. Right. That's what the great Gatsby is like. I think Brick, you said it before in one of our recent episodes that it's the reason why people say it's their favorite novels because the last book they read that was, anything complicated and the first book maybe they read that was like oh this is like what literature can be right they kind of stopped there but you can get students to tap out by forcing them to to harp on the gold the color of the car and how it's the same as gold right it's like that's that's where you get students who are frustrated that english teachers try and find meaning in everything right and the students always say like oh they wanted like you to say like everything means something maybe it just doesn't maybe not everything means something <laughs> and they may not be right about that but pushing students to find one single interpretation of the text that makes it valid mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at all possible interpretations and what is that this text is it, it's more it's uh it's not a monolith right mm-hmm. it's not you know it's not one thing it's lots of things and opening that discussion up might make it more interesting and, and sort of less of a trying to hit the post exercise which was what criticism becomes in high school and college more high school and college yeah fuck her <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean totally yeah for in a variety for a variety of reasons like she sucks across the board not just for this but yeah it was a weird yeah situation read this call and be like oh god but also like well yeah kind of but also mostly oh god it's it's such a gross like just oh it used to be so much better back in the day and like okay i don't Here's yeah. what you do. You tax the rich and then you spend all of that money on schools. Yeah. Yeah. And get rid of AP tests and stuff like that. Like get rid of testing. That's also part of it is get, the sort of constant focus on 
on having to graduation rates and, and testing. That's just all about spreading around federal money. That's all it's for. Yeah. It's also ironic that, or maybe not ironic, but... And stop funding schools through property taxes, but that's a separate... Right. Kind of an irony that she's publishing this column about literature and, and students learning from books during a time of like massive book purging from libraries and public schools, yeah. which is a much more significant issue, I would argue. You know, people lining up to ban genderqueer... She glosses right over that. Yeah, touches on it and then like tiptoes away because she's implicated in that since she's a... You know, a transphobe apologist. So yeah, that's the 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 more interesting story. I think is probably there, right? If you are taking books out of the library, then no one's going to learn to want to read because you're telling them reading is bad and dangerous. Mm. Right, but she's you know she's bemoaning letting kids read what they want because she wants kids to read what she wants, right? And that's yeah, the books that she deems important. Well, read it, our listeners, tell us your thoughts on this column. If you have read it or are not even, uh, find us on Twitter at yakbabies and email us at yakbabiespodcast at gmail.com with those thoughts. Also, sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash yakbabies, where you can get access to our bonus podcast. We sort of set this up as a, a repository for all the stuff we don't want to share in the main feed for free because it has like uh, blackmail applications. So there's fun jokes there, stories of our pasts and futures. Uh, there's games. There's an entirely separate podcast about ghost jokes that you can discover and enjoy a new one coming up soon about a different kind of joke that i won't spoil so look for all that for one dollar a month that's all we're asking to get access to tons and tons of content there and of course our merch tinyurl.com slash jackbabies where you can buy t-shirts mugs probably underwear even with designs by brick all very funny and relevant to some of your favorite yak babies moments until then yak babies yakking off the Yak Babies would like to thank all the loyal listeners, and especially their patrons, both past and present, including Michael, Bonnie, Sebastian, David, Roger, Kathleen, Bailey, Andrew, Gilbert, and William Howard Taft. Oh.